people pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. I know we're gonna have a good time here. <laughs> Hello, is anybody here? Uh, who are you? We have a reservation here. We just reserved this house for four days. We just got here. Do you guys mind if we stay here tonight and figure it out tomorrow? <laughs> is this some shady dude out there? It's some hood in a row. What did you actually see? Tony, whatever it was, is gone. How did anybody get in? What's wrong with your head? Looks like you haven't slept in days. I heard the craziest sound in the middle of the night, man. Screaming, screeching sound. What if I believed in ghosts? I'd say you heard a banshee. A banshee's a female spirit. But legend has it, when a banshee wails across the moors, someone is going to die. It's probably just somebody playing a joke. Well, it looks like we're all alive. Made it through the night. Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I am talking with Mary Patel Gallagher, all about her feature film, Holiday. It is a story of two couples who both book a house in San Diego, where strange things begin to happen. Had a great time talking with Mary. I hope you have a great time listening to it. Enjoy the interview. Can you tell me how did you get involved in filmmaking and tell me a little bit more of your background because from what I understand you used to actually work in journalism in Philadelphia. Yes, I was a political journalist for the Philadelphia City Paper from 95 to 2008. I started to produce political debates for Comcast. Pennsylvania is a very pivotal state with elections, so it was a lot of action going on. A lot of people in and out for a great time to do that debates for the big elections. And then I did a documentary called Electile Dysfunction. In 2008, it came out. It took me about two years to shoot. And I enjoyed the producing part of it. I had also been on the board of the Philadelphia Film Society for about eight years and got to know a lot of producers and actors. And so I decided I moved to LA in 2010 because my column got downsized after that of the paper, right? Like they all do. And then now the paper got sold out. It's no longer around. But I started working on features with other people's features. And then I had started thinking about doing my own project. I had a pilot movie that I was working on. I had funding out of Ireland, but it fell through during COVID. So then I started thinking about something else to do and came up with this horror thriller movie, Holiday. 
And that's how I arrived at that. I started it about uh, two years ago. Uh, finished the script in February of last year. I already cast it. And I wrote the script. And then I shot last April. And came out post. And after all the notes from industry people, finished in March. And then, of course, they releasing it, they're releasing it Tuesday on Amazon Prime Video and VOD streaming. So... Most movies take a while to get done, some longer than others. So I'd say it's about a two-year process. And so journalism for me is over in terms of reporting, but I do storytelling. So that's why film works for me. And politics is sometimes full of stories anyway. So it kind of works out. You said you had a pilot movie. Now, was that a pilot for TV or was that a movie about pilots, like actual airline pilots? It was about pilots. It was called Wheels Up. Three Irish commercial airline pilots who fly regularly from Galway to LAX get stranded in LAX or in a baggage handler strike at LAX airport. They get stranded in LA for a week and all their adventures. It's a comedy drama. That was going to be partly shot in Ireland and my funding was from Ireland. And then because you couldn't get anybody over from Ireland, you couldn't go to Ireland's an island, so that was all in lockdown for a while. So that kind of just went away. But that was what I had been working on. And then I thought, well, let's just do something simpler that I can do here. I shot it here in Vegas. It takes place in San Diego, Holiday does. So, so that's where that ended. I could resurrect Wheels Up. I just have to retool a bit. But Holiday is a trilogy, so I'm working on Holiday too. You said that you cast it before you even wrote the picture. Is that right? I knew some actors I wanted to work with and two of them had been in Wheels Up and I thought it would be a good opportunity to work with them. Two of them I put in Paul Stay and then the other, one of the couples in real life is married. Real life. I had cast Stephen Martini and I cast Gabriella Fulat, his wife, for the Gia role. Erin Gavin, I already knew she had been cast for Wheels Up and I put her as Brada and then I cast Gavin of Foray, who lives out here in Vegas through a friend and a friend who lives in the Bay Area and is Irish. I wanted Irish couples for this, for this role. And then I cast the Banshee and my friend John Percy, I already knew from childhood. He does off-Broadway in New York, so I already knew he was going to do the Druid. He also did some of the music for the film, too. It's only six people. We have six cast members, so it's easy. What's the role of Ireland in your films? My husband's from Ireland. He's been here 30 years now in the States, but he's still very Irish. We're going to Ireland next Thursday for three weeks. Ireland is filled with lots of stories, ghosts, myth castles. It's a great place to think about anything in the supernatural realm. A lot of people out there in that part of the world, they firmly believe in ghosts and it's part of their culture. Wales Up didn't have any ghosts in it, but it had Irish elements. And so I decided I liked the theme and Aaron is Irish, Scottish. I wanted to carry those themes through when I was thinking about how I would write this script. So that's how I arrived at the Irish theme for Holiday. What made you decide to work on a horror film? I like horror, but I like what I call ghost story horror. I'm not a fan of slashers. I'm not criticizing anyone's work or anything like that. I just can't. I can't watch it. I can't do it. I know scare tactics is really big for a lot of people in horror. 
I say more, my film's more like a thriller um, than a horror. One of my favorite horror movies is Halloween 1, John Carpenter. That was simple. It was easy to watch. It was, the fear tactic was there. It was all done with lighting and music. I know that was an old movie in 1978, I believe, and CGI wasn't real prevalent back then, but it worked. Another movie that I admired that came later in 2008 is The Strangers. That didn't have any special effects. It was all story-driven, character-driven. Those are the kind of stories I like. I, I like Alfred Hitchcock. He's probably one of the best writer-directors of, of that genre, even though it's sure. psycho itself is just evidently scary even today. Storytelling is big. I like uh, my policy is a very slow down. It's it percolates along and then you have the ending like Hitchcock. Another filmmaker I admire that has a good story to tell is M. Night Shyamalan. Again, these are movies that you can watch and have a story behind it as to why these things are happening, which I think is important. If you have too much desensitized action in a horror movie, too much blood, too much killing, too many cadavers flying around, you, you just say, oh, there's another killing. Now, that's just me. I know people like that, but I like to I do a movie that I can that I would watch. How was that having your cast already set and writing your roles to them? I can feel where that might be liberating. And at the same time, I can also see where it might put you in a box. Why do I, I, I had in mind with the characters what they were going to be? And I knew that this particular group would sit the character. I didn't. So it was a very easy shoot in terms of their characters. For Sin and Brana, I wanted them to be a very good-looking Irish couple. Very polite, dress as well, acts appropriate, want their life, so to speak. These two were perfect for it. I didn't. The others were more renegade. Stephen Martini is a very good character actor. I knew he could pull this off. I had just met Gabriella. I wanted a Latina for that part. She was a model. She had done some acting. Again, it's a small cast. So I could imagine if I have do more projects with bigger casts, then you get a casting director to come in and work with you on that. And I'd like to do that in the future. I do know some great casting directors. I knew that was them, that they could do this easily because we only had a six-day shoot. So what you don't want is to burden them or burden the story with, a character that requires a lot of mental twisting out your insides becomes a particular person. Now, I know that a great actor can do that. But in this case, I wanted somebody who could ease, an actor who could ease and just flow right through it because we only had a six-day shoot. And then, and not a lot. They had a lot of prep time, but actors, they don't always do that. They wait till they get to the scene before they evoke themselves, even though they've memorized their lines. But I think it's hard. For an actor, unless you could rehearse all you want, but until you actually get with the other cast members and you're actually doing it, that's when it comes alive. You could rehearse till the cows come home. But until you're on that set and you're interacting with them, that's when it comes out. That seems amazing. A six-day shoot. It was challenging for the crew, not for the cast, but for the crew, because they wanted to gonzo through one night till two in the morning. And I said, you know what, guys? It's up to you. If you want to do that, we have another day. I, let, I had a, a, another day and a half, but they said, no, we're just going to get it over with because it was nighttime. All this equipment was out there. You don't shoot in sequence. 
you know, you shoot where your stuff is, right? So if they're going to do an outside day scene, you're going to do all your outside day scenes because your everything's there. You move inside, everything in that part. Night, everything there, out front, back, wherever the action is. Time and money come the crew setup. How long is it going to take to move this equipment? How long is it going to take to light this scene? That's where the time comes in. So if you do one location, which is not uncommon in a lot of horror films, there's a house or a cemetery or a church or a hotel. I was just looking at the shining, right? One location. It fits the story. And if your budget is limited, don't have weeks and months to do something, you can just move into one location. It's still moving, but it's not moving down the street. You don't need a van. You don't have to move across the city or in other parts of the world. <laughs> now, I was amazed at all these different, these huge budget films, the $250 million films. They have multiple locations. And it's just amazing how it all just, at the end, it all flims together, but it's a lot of work to get all over the place. And then you have different crews everywhere, things like that. But that was not my movie. My movie was one crew, six days. Where did you get your crew from? They're local. They're all alum from UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. It was hard to find local crew. Nevada Film Office liked it if you would get locals, right? You could import them from California, which is where all the crew is. But then you're talking cost-wise, now you have 10, 12 people. You have to figure out where they're going to stay, right? And so you have that. And then want to utilize local talents. Where are they here? So I reached out to Professor Warren Cobb. He used to be an executive at Paramount. He teaches production at UNLV, which actually has a huge film school. It's as big as... USC is huge out here. I had no idea they'd have such a big film school out here. Never want students because there are students and they're not reliable lots of times. They're just not because they're students and they're busy. They have classes or whatever. You want graduates who are recommended, who are already out, have been working for a while, right? So that's who you're looking for of the alumni list. So he recommended DP John Teodosio, who had graduated a few years ago. Now, mind you, these were all older students. Had They were older. Right? They were when I was older. I mean, they weren't 20. They were like late 20s because they had gone to school later. So they were already out, had been already out in the working world. We weren't dealing with 18 or 20 or 21. We were dealing with 28, 29, 30. So they had already been out of school, had gone to school later. And had gotten out a few years ago and had been working in the business because Vegas might not have a lot of film going on, but they have an awful lot of videos going on. All the casinos are hiring you for their splashy promotional videos. That's everywhere. So they were, they're working. They also will travel too. But so I, he, through John, I got the gaffer, the sound engineers, and then the PAs were through. They were just wanted to be on the set. So they were very helpful. And that's really all I had. Looking back next time, I'm going to get an AD. I thought with six characters, I'm fine with that. I, I can deal with it. I know them. Nah, you need an AD. You need the AD to come in, be the barking dog in the room. 
let's go, people. 20 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, on set. You need somebody like that. I imagine with that size of crew and the short timeline and everything, you probably had to wear a lot of hats. I did. I wore a lot of hats. I produced it, wrote it, and I directed it. The writing was over once you write it. And of course, there's always changes. Not many. The character would say, I, I, my character would, or the actor would say, my character wouldn't say that, like that. He's going to say it like this. And I'd say, fine. The character, that's your character. You think it's more natural. I wanted, I like natural flows. I don't like where you watch it so scripted that somebody is not going to talk like that. They pause, they reflect. You don't want too much of that, but you want some of it. So you forget you're watching a movie. You just think you're looking at a bunch of people, right? Naturally. So they were allowed to have some creativity here and there, although they have the script because you need to follow along the story. I wanted them to become them and feel comfortable in them so that when the audience sees it, it will look very real. And I think that's any director's objective. So taking off the writer hat, putting on the director hat, the producer too, you're cognizant of time, cost, and money. That's your job. To, so you're looking at that, but then you're also looking at the creative flow of it. Directors sometimes have don't pay much attention to how much time it's taking for this scene or how much or where it, 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 is the catering arrived yet? They're hungry. Where's the food? <laughs> they have people to do that for them. So next time I'll get the AD, but I, I arranged all the food delivery and had logistically, I did all that. I have to say, I shot the film in my house. So I had control of the environment. I knew where everything was going to be. I knew where to get the catering. I knew where the equipment was going to go for the night. I knew where the scenes were going to be. Didn't matter if we were outside till two in the morning. I didn't have to worry about being out of somebody's house by eight o'clock in a location. Because I went through that. I looked at locations and they had all these restrictions. You have to be out by eight. You can't do this. You can't do that. Half of them, half of the locations, the owners lived at half that in the house. So where are they going during shit? And then you got more people, more noise. You got more. And then their friends come over to watch it. Oh, no, you have to have, <laughs> you have to have minimal people in a shoot for noise and just distraction. So the house is a house. The house was supposed to be in San Diego. I shot it in Vegas, San Diego, Vegas. I didn't get, as long as we don't see the mountains in the background, that's fine. I, started, I decided to put it in San Diego, the story, because San Diego has daytime activity. Vegas is, everyone's out at night in Vegas. No one's going to be home at night in Vegas. If you're vacationing, you're going to be out. Strip, Raymont, wherever. San Diego, I lived there for five years. There's SeaWorld, there's the zoo, there's Safari Park, there's boating, there's fishing, there's all kinds of day stuff. So it's not uncommon you would be home at night. And that's when the stuff started, right? So yes, you do. I did wear many hats. Yes. Answering your question. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about the post process? We took a long time in post. She, the editor, she didn't start till the end of May. And she was supposed to start earlier, but she had some commitment before that. And so we started. And so the, every week we would go through frames and things and discussion that went on. Then we did. Then we decided to do some pickup shots in July. And then we were starting trying to put together the opening montage. What's that going to look like? We were going to go down to pickup shops in San Diego, but really nothing happened outside. So we're, that was thought process. And then October, we had a draft. I had industry people look at it. My, my distributor and his team looked at it. They had notes. I had some, actually a studio producer came over with his 
watching this crowd and they watched it and they had notes. So we retooled, we liked the suggestions. And then we had a draft by end of February, early March. And then after that, we had it out. So the distributors, okay, we're going to do a July 26th release. So we worked towards that. It all had also entered at film festivals too. So you can't show it in the festival if you're already out in the ether. So I had entered it in some festivals and I got honorable mention in the New Hollywood festivals. I will mention as a new director in the New Hollywood Directors Fan Festival. But July, end of July is when they decided to put it out. And so in March, you're doing all the deliverables for the distributor. You're giving them all the information they want, all the technical stuff, and then all the bios of the actors and all your comments and all this. And then, and so that's a whole rush through to get to the April because when you're going up on streaming, you have a nine, a 90 day window that the distributor works with the site. So they want 90 days. So you have to get that in for a date for you to make July. You have to have it done by end of April. What was it like for you finally seeing the movie with an audience when you're playing at these festivals? I did not make the new Hollywood festival. I did not get into Galway Film Festival. That's a tough festival to get into. I had wanted to do that. They say they take all genres, but I noticed looking back, a lot of it is drama. A lot of drama is not a lot of horror or thriller. So I have not seen anyone in the festival. Of course, when I had my industry people watching it, it's a little edgy, stand in the background because you've seen it 500 times. But so you stand in the back and they're at night because in the dark, darker room, I don't have a, we did it in my house. I have a big TV and I have some open windows. So it has to be at night. I'm doing a private screening the day it comes out, Tuesday, July 25th, with about 25 people. So I'll gauge their reaction. It's hard to tell what people are thinking. Obviously, you want everyone to like your film, but you have to be realistic that not everyone is going to like your film. But you try to get people there like a film festival. They're interested in this particular subject. This is their thing. They like these kind of movies. Because I said, I, I know a lot of people. And I said, when I was, my friends decided to have this screening for me. And I said, let's think about who's going to come to this. So you invite like-minded people. You're not going to invite all your friends because they might not like that particular movie. And they may just be watching it to be polite. But that's not your audience. Your audience who's going to watch any movie is going to like the movie. Whether they like who's in the movie. If you tell me your favorite actor and he's coming out in the film, I'm sure you'd be going to it. That's where it drives people into theaters. Way back in the old days of the studios, they had contracts and this, oh, it's a Cary Grant movie. We have to go see Or it's a Catherine Hepburn movie. We're going to go see So it was all driven by, by casting. I think today it may be a combination of both. What kind of movie am I seeing and who's in the movie? Because the first thing that you ask when you're going for any kind of financing is who's in your movie, right? So in order for me to get that actor in my movie, I have to have something to give his agent. This is the A-list people, right? The top tiers want to get those big names. So we're working on two, almost there's the script. And then we'll probably shoot next spring because Gavin O'Fore plays thin. He's shooting a drama in Ireland. He's leaving in September and he's back in February. So that's getting 
there'll be different people in this movie, but the two will be still be in that too. Ben and Brown, and without giving too much away, they will be in the movie. So it has to be around scheduling. Also, it's a, you need time to, like right now, I'm busy promoting the film, and then I'm going to take a break, right? You have to have a mental break for a little bit. And then you start thinking about the fall and things. Okay, let's get this. And time moves very fast. You start, things start, we're already in what, half the year, right? Half the year is over already. The next thing, it's going to be Christmas, and I'll be giving you Christmas greetings. And it'll be near years. My mother said, once you get past 25, everything flies by. It's how I'll stay two and then three after that. That's my plan. Yeah. Is there a good place for people to keep up with you in the film online? I'm on social media. I'm on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. I don't have a website for the film because they're obsolete for films. I think websites are good if you have a restaurant or something, but after the film's made, it's made. Yeah, you always have to feed a website. IMDb is like the websites for your films, right? So you have that and just promotion. You put up posts, let people know what you're doing. Doing these podcasts is a great thing and I certainly appreciate it. I'm sure all the indie filmmakers and whoever filmmaker really appreciates the time and effort that people like yourself might take to help us get out there. So. I thank you very much for that. You help us tell people what we're doing. Mary, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate this. Oh, thank you. I really, again, it's people like you that help us get out there. I'm sure you have all kinds of interviews with all kinds of famous people too. But for us little people, we love it.